Do you ever freeze up when that moment comes where somebody says something that maybe is a bit hurtful or offensive, or they do something that afterwards you really wish that you could have leaned in and set a boundary, but instead the moment just passed without anybody saying or doing anything to address it, and you end up lying awake later, kind of replaying what you wish you had said or done? I have certainly been there because boundary setting is hard. It really is. And it is lifelong work. So today I'm sharing with you three things that I've learned that are going to help you to set better boundaries. You are listening to Is It Me or Is It Them? This is a podcast for those of us who want to take responsibility for our half of our relationships and how we show up in our lives but are tired of trying to clean up the mess on other people's yard. This is for you if you want to be able to set better boundaries without feeling like you're bulldozing anyone, and if you want more harmony and closeness, but are tired of sacrificing yourself to get it. Each week we talk about showing up and speaking up with more confidence, kindness, and courage, whether you're talking to the ones that you love or dealing with the ones who are driving you crazy. I'm April Boyd, and I'm a psychotherapist, relationship expert, and coach, and today we're digging into some easy, low-risk, gentle ways that you can start to practice putting into place better boundaries, and feeling more in control of your life and your relationships. So the first thing I want you to think about when we look at these moments of maybe somebody has said something or done something that doesn't feel okay for you, whether it's a big deal or a small deal, I want you to just think back to the last time that that happened and notice how you reacted. What was your tendency? How do you usually tend to respond in these moments where somebody is possibly crossing a boundary? When we can start to notice what our tendency is, it can feel a lot safer to give ourselves a nudge to maybe move fuller into speaking up for ourselves or to know if we need to uh, be more tolerant and bite our tongue a little bit more. So let me explain what I mean. I find that people often find fall into one of two camps here. And I know I'm generalizing a little bit, but this is kind of a pretty good framework that I've come to see. So people tend to be either reactive and defensive, or they tend to bite their tongue and freeze up. So when we're looking at people that have some work to do around setting boundaries, which I would argue is probably almost everybody because, like I said, this stuff is lifelong work. So when you check in and notice, which one of these feels more like you? Do you tend to get reactive and defensive, right? Do you tend to jump in to justify or put somebody in their place? Or do you tend to be overly tolerant or overly forgiving or accommodating. If you identify as being and see yourself as being a little more defensive or reactive, then you know that you need to practice taking a moment of pause before you lash out or stir up more conflict, right? Or jump in to defend yourself. If you've noticed that you tend to bite your tongue more, 
then we can feel a little safer to push yourself to speak up more because chances are if your tendency is to stay quiet and just let it go, it's going to feel really uncomfortable to speak up and it's going to feel like you're being quite difficult or quite aggressive when you're probably not actually being difficult or aggressive at all. It just feels that way because it's so foreign to you. So when we can start to identify your tendency, then we can make a little bit more room. Ah, okay. Part of the reason why this feels so uncomfortable is because my system does not like to speak up and set boundaries. It feels emotionally unsafe or scary or risky, right? Whatever that is for you. So just think back to the last time and notice, do you tend to land in that camp of, I wish I had a said, right? And you replay it after and think about, you know, all of those things, those fantasies in your head of how you kind of could have fixed this or stood up for yourself? Or do you tend to regret the things that you said maybe a little too impulsively? Just check in. Which side do you land on? Two. Use your body as your compass. Oftentimes when something happens that doesn't feel okay for us, we feel it in our body before we consciously recognize and can organize in our conscious minds what just happened. So when something happens, just do a bit of a body check. Are you feeling tense? Are you feeling reactive? Did you feel like you just got hit in the gut? Are you suddenly feeling anxious or scared? Notice what goes through you. Before our brains can consciously catch up with and make sense of what's happening, our bodies are often already showing us the outcome of all of those pieces of micro data that our brains consciously can't quite label and organize. So the way that they, their facial expression looked when they said that, the body language of how they said it, the past history that connects to, you know, that same behavior. Our brains are often putting it together way faster than we can consciously keep up with. So use your body as this compass Notice your visceral reactions. What might your body be trying to tell you? And if you're noticing upset, register in your body. See if you can just start to get curious and trust that something is off. And of course, there's times where we're triggered because that's our own button or own sore spot that maybe got stepped on or activated. But practice just really paying attention to what happens in your body. This often can be, it's kind of like the alarm system right around a house. Your body might be giving you the signals that a line has been crossed before you're able to put that into words or a real good understanding yet. So give yourself a moment and gather more data. So This is the next really important point here that can help us feel safer to address something, but also is a powerful intervention in and of itself. Gathering more data instantly flips the dynamic of this person 
running unchecked or stepping on your toes and switches this dynamic to suddenly put the spotlight on what they're doing. So this is a really great place to just act confused. I'm confused. What do you mean when you say this, this, this? Or what's making you ask me this? Start to just question, and this can be in a really non-confrontational way. This does not have to be animated, aggressive, angry. This really is a way for us to step into boundaries without a hard edge to it. I'm just looking for more data and information. And in this, I'm doing two things. I'm clarifying the person's intention. Did you just try to hurt me or not, <laughs> right? Are you trying to jab me right there? Is that what just happened, right? We're, we're mining that data with these questions like, what do you mean by this? What's making you ask me this? Explain to me a little bit more what just happened here, right? But the other thing that we're doing is instantly holding that person accountable for their actions. I'm not just going to let it totally roll off me and be complicit in this idea that you can say and do whatever you want without it being challenged. Our questions in and of themselves challenge and create accountability. Now, where I got this idea was in a really powerful way was in this book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker. And this book was about uh, physical safety. And it took really all of these examples of women who had been attacked and assaulted, which was kind of hard reading. So I'll share with you that um, caveat if you're thinking about getting this book. But it also was extremely powerful because one of the things that it talked about as a strategy for protecting yourself was making somebody make their implicit threat explicit. So what this looks like is that when somebody's, have you ever had somebody, I think we all had somebody, who really passive aggressively is taking shots at you, right? And obviously this is not in the realm that Gavin De Becker is talking about of really true harm and threat. But if we just look at um, the emotional part of this, that isn't necessarily super threatening and malicious, but is still inappropriate and hurtful. When we start to look at making somebody make their implicit threat explicit or their implicit crappy intention or crappy behavior explicit, that again becomes a moment of setting boundaries because we're again holding them accountable in this moment. And as a safety piece, what the gift of fear talks about is that it gives us then more to hold the other person accountable with. So if somebody makes some kind of veiled threat or veiled attack on you and you respond with saying something like, I don't understand, then they have to repeat it again, but this time be more clear. And if you still say, I don't understand, then they have to say it again and become even more clear. And this might be the dis between having something that falls into the area of a gray, ah, he said, she said, kind of, that's up for interpretation uh, situation, and it being very clear that this person is intending to intimidate, threaten, or harm you. 
Other questions that you can kind of play with or statements is, I'm not sure what you're trying to tell me here, or I'm not sure why you're trying to ask me that. All of these become very clarifying questions. And another tool that is useful is to really reflect kind of that elephant in the room and reflect back how it actually lands for you or what it appears that the person is trying to do or say with that statement. So let's say that, you know, you're at your friend's house and she makes some kind of crappy comment about really, you know, the dish that you brought for dinner not being very good right? Instead of just letting it roll off you, you could say something like, you know, when you say blank, blank, blank about my food, it sounds like you don't think I'm a very good cook. Or, you know, for another situation, when you say this, 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 it sounds like you don't think I'm very smart. When you say this, 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 it sounds like you think I'm really messy right? Whatever that's happening that moment, again, kind of in line with the gift of fear work, what we're doing is pushing somebody out of this gray area where they get to kind of conceal and not take responsibility for their words and behaviors. And we're putting it out into the open. We're forcing them to kind of put their cards on the table in a bigger way. The last thing that I want you to remind remind you of is you are going to get another crack at it. So don't worry if a moment has passed and you kind of walk away and with it still eating at you, feeling like, ah, oh, I wish I had have said this or I wish I had have done that. If you have a boundary bulldozer in your life or somebody that you just maybe even have a bit of a personality conflict with or somebody that steps on your toes, they're going to do it again, right? Guaranteed you are going to get another opportunity with this person to set the boundary. You're going to find yourself in a similar situation, and probably that's going to be with the exact same person, but you're also possibly going to have that come up with another person in a different circumstance. You're going to have the opportunity to do it differently. So see if you can just give yourself room to thinking about this as a lifelong process of growth, and learning, and practice, and courage, and know that really, you just keep working at this craft. You just keep getting better, and better, and better, and I don't know that boundary setting ever feels 100% comfortable, because it does always come with that bit of risk. There is that built-in risk that someone's going to take it the wrong way or that we're pushing conflict into the open, right? We're, we're risking a lot of stuff when we let someone know, here's what's okay for me, here's what's not okay for me. So just practice and you'll start to find your own way. But here's some tools that I have found really useful and I hope that you take what pieces of this feel useful to you and use them to feel happier and more connected and safer and more authentic in some of your conversations and situations that you might find yourself in. So if you found this useful, please share it with somebody that might benefit from this as well. That would mean a lot to me as it helps me get this work out to reach more people who would benefit from it. And if you're interested in the Reset Your Mindset group, 
that's going to be happening soon. That is an intimate gathering, a small group of women that meet for four weeks to deep dive into healing and growth and topics like boundaries and learning to reshape the stories that we tell ourselves and the way that we get stuck and self-sabotage and support each other in this process of having deep, meaningful conversations in order to help each other create deep and meaningful shifts and growth. So if that sounds interesting to you, shoot me a message and let me know. I'll be putting a link to the information page in the show notes here and get in touch with me. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.